everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. Um, we are your hosts. Uh, I am the veteran romance reader. And I'm a virgin. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well. I mean, I'm a virgin to fantasy romance. I know, because we went I over was. it. Yeah. We did not read a fantasy before this. And then also this episode, we have a very special one because we have writer, producer, and podcast host Aaron Rose Chan with us. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi. So would you, are you a veteran? Are you a virgin? Which camp are you in? I uh, fall closer to the virgin camp mm-hmm. because I did not read romance uh, regularly until I started listening to Learning the Tropes. And I have been reading the books along with you guys. And so I feel like I've been getting an education through <laughs> this podcast. Oh, that's great. Thanks for reading along. And this week we read a book, Dragonbound, by Thea Harrison. A shadow engulfed her from behind. She caught just a glimpse on the sand in front of her of an enormous winged shape with a serpentine neck and a long, wicked head. Then the shadow collapsed in on itself, and a split second later, a mountain slammed into her back. She crashed into the sand so hard it knocked the breath out of her. The mountain resolved itself into the hard, heavy body of a male. Muscle-corded arms came down on either side of her. Huge hands latched onto her slim wrists, while a long thigh crossed over the backs of her legs. She wheezed, struggling to get her bruised ribcage to expand so her lungs could function, her palms and knees abraded from the impact. She stared at those imprisoning hands. Like the arms, they were powerful, colored a dark bronze that looked very dramatic against her pale skin. Her mind wailed. She was so dead. The male put his nose in her hair and took a deep breath. A convulsive shiver racked her body in response. He was sniffing her. She felt his nose at the back of her neck. He rubbed his face in her hair. A whimper was born and died at the back of her throat. Good chase. Um, And it was an email recommendation from Maya. She wrote us a very long and very sweet email. I won't read the whole thing. The crux of it she lives in algeria which is really exciting cool international yes okay just real fast (laughs) do we have a wyoming listener yet no algeria come on guys algeria and no wyoming just saying (laughs) and uh so she talks about obsessive love and how that's sort of like her thing that she likes and so one of the books that she recommended was for us to read dragabound by thea harrison which we did and there we go and i would agree there's a bit of an obsession. Ownership, more like, I think. Quite literally. <laughs> yeah. cover. Should we judge the cover? All right. So there are two different covers for this one. One is like a very fantasy type cover in that it is like... Just a dragon. No, it's a man with dragon eyes. Oh, oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about the other oh. one. The one that I had on my Kindle mm-hmm. was just a dragon on the, the front uh, of yeah, this. Yeah, just a dragon in flight on a gold plane that was Mm -hmm. what i had as well i feel like i missed out yeah trying to get they were trying to get some of that game of thrones uh juice i think yeah that's what i had too but i just would prefer to have thought of it as the other version which is just a man with a like a very 90s haircut Uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh 
Just kind of a fade. <clears throat> yeah. Just looking back, he has like reptilian eyes. You see the dragon in the background. He has scales. I think it's fantastic. He's clearly on a building because there are some gargoyles. He does not look like how I pictured the character. No, me neither. Not at all. I had to get this guy out of my head to, to read properly. Well, he was described in the book as being like six foot eight, just like this huge chiseled guy. Um, he looks like a five seven CW actor. <laughs> he does kind of look like he's like on the next episode of Roswell. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or Hollister, yeah, a Hollister. Oh, model. a Hollister model. He looks like one of the guys who would stand outside Hollister yeah, with the shirt like off, handing out like uh, shopping baskets to people when they walk into the store at the mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a very interesting reading experience for this novel. I was in Las Vegas to see Lady Gaga. We arrived. I saw Lady Gaga. The next day, I went to the hospital for four days. Because she was so great. I the was concert like, was so amazing. <laughs> she sucked your life force from you. <laughs> she did. I was like, Mother Monster, take it all. And then I just oh. ended up in the hospital. <laughs> she sucked all the marrow out. Did they have to put all the marrow in? <laughs> they did. I was just jelly. Yeah. <laughs> they put, pushed we me We got underneath. another one. <laughs> Um, no, I had acute colitis, which is awful. And so I was in the hospital for four days. And so I read this in between like nodding off from morphine. So it was a very specific reading experience that I had. And I don't know if it added to it, subtracted to it. <laughs> you <laughs> were flying high as a dragon. Oof, exactly. <laughs> I was doing whippets the whole time. Well, I read this. Just anytime you read anything, you're just doing whippets. Oh yeah. Just assume that I'm doing whippets when I'm reading all these books. Um, well, we didn't talk about this before, but since we have a guest, should we have the guest tell us what the book was about? Oh, you want to struggle? Whoa. <laughs> they love it when I struggle, but let's watch our guest struggle. Yeah. I like this. I think we invite someone into our house and then we just say flounder. But she's going to nail it. She's going to do way better than me, I think. This is terrific because for the listener, uh, I did not know I was going to be summarizing the book. So here we go. This book opens on... Pia Alessandra Giovanni, she's on the run. She has stolen something from someone very powerful. There is a roar in the distance that shatters windows on Fifth Avenue. She says she's stolen from the most dangerous creature on Earth. Cut to Dragos on the prowl. He's a dragon. Something's been stolen from his horde. Now, the way that they describe the dragon's horde initially, I think, tells you everything you need to know about Dragos and his personality. Um, and it's almost like any personality flaw he has later on, you kind of attribute to, like, well, dragons be dragons. Like, that's just how they are. <laughs> yeah. Like, they feel very possessive of anything that's theirs. You know, they they are a hoarding creature. And he knows every single item. And Pia has stolen one thing from him. And we don't know for a while what she stole. We're thinking it must be pretty valuable because he's so mad and so desperate to get it back. Um, and the thief left behind a note apologizing for stealing. Um, it turns out that what she stole was a single penny from a jar of coins that he had yet to put into his book. So I guess he has these like this, <laughs> like grandma style coin collector books where you put them in the slots. You gotta have a hobby. So he stole a 19, she stole a 1962 penny, but she replaced it with a 1975 penny. Mm. And that's unacceptable. Yeah. So he's out for blood. When he knew, he knew immediately when she took it. And he, he could couldn't just figure sense out. It. He couldn't figure out how she got it. 
because he has lots of wards and charms and spells uh, protecting his hoard. And it, his hoard is hidden in a very specific secret place. So how did she get into it? So we're back to Pia, and she is very upset with her ex-boyfriend, ex, <laughs> ex-boyfriend. Um, everyone keeps referring to him as her current boyfriend. He's her ex, who is such a loser. She can do so much better. Um, does she in the end? I don't know. But mm. she can do better. <laughs> so this guy, her ex-boyfriend, had some incriminating uh, information about her. And so he blackmailed her into stealing from the dragon because he was a compulsive gambler. Okay. So now... <laughs> See, it's hard, although it you're, shines, doing, you're doing very no, good. you're doing really well. I'll just say, because right before we started recording, my question to you was, what was her name again? <laughs> character? And you were like, you knew her full, you knew her middle name, which I never would remember. They, well, because they refer to her a lot by her full name. They yeah. do, but I don't know what you guys, when you guys read, do you, I just kind of fly through the, the names like, because I've already read them, so I don't need to read that word again. So I just kind of will not think about their names. I'll just think about what's going on. Although I'll know who's doing what. You just have in your mind the the hero, the heroine. You just know that's our main people. Yeah. So I don't have to be like every time like, oh, who's Pia? Who's Pia that? Yeah, Drago? Who's that? Drago? Oh, no, you know, I, I don't yeah. think we're doing that either. I think but we just read the name and retain it. I just it. remember the name. Do you yeah. read like... like out loud at all? Or are you just like, like this? Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you like mumble incessantly to yourself did, yeah. while you're reading? Yeah. He bit her and then he put his penis inside. <laughs> That's probably why people give me weird looks at work. Is that what you do? Is that a memory it's kind of, I'm reading the sex scenes out loud, but mumbling them. No. And then all they'll just be like, penis, vagina, just be like vagina, her sex. Uh, <laughs> and people are like, um, are you work? Can you help me? <laughs> yeah. Also, it's the audio book. So I'm not really even reading anything. I'm just talking. You're just talking. You're just karaokeing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm just repeating. So, no, that's not how I read. Okay. No, yeah. cool. No, we read names. Um, so we have established by this time that this is a, an alternate New York City. This is a magical New York City. She goes to the magic quarter. So when I first started reading it, she's like running down Fifth Avenue. There are cabs. There's like, it's all this New York stuff. And I'm like, oh, cool. It takes place in New York City. Pizza Rat. Pizza Rat is there. He's the mayor. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And then she's like, I go to this area on 36th, right by Koreatown, called the Cauldron. It's the magic district. And I had this moment of like, is there, is, does that, is that real? Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to go? Is there like a magic district? I wouldn't put it past New York to have a magic district. But then they're like protesters outside as though it's like a clinic where they're like, you don't have to go in there. You can do it without a spell, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to the witch to get a binding spell so that when she gives over the treasure she stole from the dragon to her ex-boyfriend, she can make him promise um, to never say anything about her ever again to any of the guys, the sleazy guys that he's working with. Now, this is a word that I kept reading that tripped me up, and I had to look it up because it's domain, but it's spelled like D-E-S-M-E-S-N-E. It's spelled in this oh, way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Desmond um, or something. Yeah, De- yeah, yeah. It just means, it's, it means the same as domain. It just has kind of a different um, origin, yeah. French origin. Mm. So. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. <laughs> Les domaines. Yeah. <laughs> so she 
hauls butt down to Charleston because the Weir, W-Y-R, shapeshifters, live in the, like, Atlantic Northeast region, and she's got to go down to the South because that's where the elves are. Dragos can't, like, pursue her over the domain lines. So she's like, if I just get to South Carolina, I'm safe. Well, it'll at least delay. At least delay it, and I can, like, kind of plead my case to the elves maybe, but he he shouldn't be able to. It'll be harder for him to cross the line to come to get me. So she goes to South Carolina. She's on the beach, and Dragos just, like, no hesitation, whips out of the sky and just, like, tackles her <laughs> to the ground. So there's, like, no real difficulty. Dragos got a tracking spell from the same witch that she bought a binding spell from earlier, and he used the 7-Eleven receipt that she had written her note on in his hoard to track her. I also really loved that he read the receipt and he was like, she bought a cherry Slurpee and Twizzlers. (laughs) Now, isn't Pia vegan? She is. But aren't Twizzlers mostly bone marrow like aren't like are they made from gelatin i don't know i didn't uh i don't think anymore and she was also eating some things that were like byproducts i think she's mostly just vegetarian she said that she's the way that she phrased it is i'm not really a vegan because i'll eat honey if it's ethically sourced yeah (laughs) but she's an herbivore Mm -hmm. well that's yeah that's important she's an herbivore it's an important Um, clue because she her Mother is something, and her father's human, so she's half. She's halfsies. She's a halfling. Yeah, and so she doesn't know what the thing is that she shifts into. So the entire time you're thinking, like, what could it be? She and that's is a clue. That's a. It is a clue that she's an herbivore. Mm-hmm. She's um, her mother was like on the lamb with her, and was always like, never trust anybody. Don't tell them your real name. Don't tell anyone your true name. So Pia is a pseudonym, much like my upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> We there won't get into that. Stores of cash and IDs all over the city. Mm-hmm. So you can leave, pick up, and run at a moment's notice, just like Clayton. Yes. Yeah. So if, if Aaron Rose Chan ends up being the co host at some point, just know. It's because Clayton had to skip town. He had to blow. I had to blow. Clayton Gumbert went on the run. <laughs> yeah. And now he's Pia Alessandro Giovanni. <laughs> yeah. That would change my name to that's a great Dragon Bound reference. <laughs> And whenever you introduce anyone yourself to anyone, you will always forget what your name is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Pina, I like don't Pina. remember. It'll change every time I say it. <laughs> Pina Alexandro. I, I even forgot the last name. <laughs> just said it. You're not only not this bad with names. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm. See, fantasy bumps me like i have a hard time with fantasy because even though her name is like a real person's name all the other people's names i just kind of gloss over too because it and then the different domains and all that stuff like i'm just not a fantasy fan i'm just going to come out and say that so this was a kind of a difficult read for me because of that i I, i'm not a huge fantasy person now aaron you had uh read it in high school a lot of uh fantasy i did i read a lot of fantasy books in high school a lot of um like Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman books. I really, and I, so I'm all in on like wizards and dragons and all that stuff. I'm into it. And so when I was reading this, and also I've read like a lot of Game of Thrones, I've read all the Game of Thrones books and stuff like that, which there's just such, you know, Discworld, et cetera. There's such <laughs> world building with fantasy 
uh, where, especially in the first book of a series, you are expected to really create this entire universe and you have to do it in such a way where it's not just exposition. It has to also keep the story on pace. So it's a very difficult thing to do. And I do think that, um, that the author did do a really great job of just in the world building of it, because in fantasy, it is a very, very difficult thing because you basically have to retell the history of the universe in your first like 20 pages or so. And then you can kind of keep, continue to build as you go, but you have to really let the reader know what the rules are. Um, what do you, have you, were you a fantasy person at all? Did you read fantasy? No, not really. But like, I should have. I'm not opposed to it. But I think it. I was always really daunted by the amount of world building that would have mm-hmm. to happen that I would always just be like, uh. The first thing you see most times when you're reading a fantasy book, you open the book and there's just like an atlas <laughs> yeah, yeah, of like all the different made up countries and, and stuff where you have to kind of memorize the territories or you're going to end up flipping back and forth to be like, wait, they're in the... Weeping Forest? What, where was that? You know, you have to kind of keep a lot of things straight in your head. Now, do you think if you would have been introduced to morphine as a grade schooler, you would have been more into fantasy? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Because <laughs> once I had the morphine, I was seeing elves. There was yeah. goblins crawling up the walls. I was like, no, I got it. It's yeah. more immersive. It was, to- yeah, it's exactly. It's an immersive yeah. experience. Because your doctor was a goblin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Draco tackles her in the sand, <laughs> and they are both like, this person's super hot. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of getting off on smelling the receipt because it smelled like her, and she had a very uh, she smelled like wild sunshine, mm. and so she had a very familiar scent from like centuries ago, centuries ago, mm-hmm. and so uh, they have this immediate attraction. Well, didn't they already fuck in a dream? They fucked in a dream, which I was not a fan of because it was a beguiled dream, so she was under a spell. Okay. So it felt like consent was an issue um, because she was, he was reaching out to try to find the thief and call the thief to him by creating a dreamscape that is all that the thief wants most in the world. And so for her, he was like, oh, sweet. She wants to bang. Like, I'm all she in. Wants that for dragon that. Dong. She wants it. <laughs> they do everything but. There's some fingering. There was there was an issue of that she was kind of beguiled. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of spellbinding there, um, and but later on, Dragos is like, "Well, when I gave you in my dream, in your dream, I offered you anything, and you wanted to bang." And in her mind, she was like, "Well, no, it wasn't banging. It was like feeling safe and loved, and having a companion who accepted me and knew my true self." And but he's yeah, all like same but- diff. <laughs> <laughs> So the elves are like, hey, get out. You're not allowed to be here. Um, but And they want to save her. So they're like, you can stay with us. But she's so into Dragos at this point that she's like, no, no, it's okay. Uh, I'm cool with him. One of the elves fires an arrow at Dragos, and it's tipped with poison. So now he's weakened. So And he can't shift into a dragon. But then they get kidnapped by goblins. Mm-hmm. And they got pulled into another land because there are these pocket dimensions everywhere into these magical lands. And so the goblins catch them and they were, they're held in this fortress separately. 
He's all messed up from the arrow, so he can't change. So they've got him chained to the floor, Fury style. Or, yeah, Fury style. Fury style, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, officially, yeah, that's what it's called. And she is in her <laughs> own thing. But her magical power that she has, that which is why she ended up being able to break into Dracos' horde in the first place, was that she no lock can hold her. So if you lock her cell door, she's going to be able to open it and walk out. So she is able to help Dragos get loose by, like, walking out of her cell, walking into his, and he, you know, walking around and going to the guard room and taking the, because Dragos is like, they're all at dinner. They're all oh, happy to be at dinner right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dragos can also hear everything everywhere in the universe, and he's he like, no, hear I can and hear smell them. Well, everything. The, the goblins yeah. have a strong union, so when it's break time, it's break time. <laughs> they all break together. Yeah, you they gotta. all break together. You, got, you get in trouble if you don't take your break. And yeah. even if somebody's breaking out of prison, it's like, hey, you know, I still got 10 minutes left. You got your break, I got mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they're making a run for it, but then they run. She's very, very fast. So that's another clue of what she might be. She's an herbivore, no lock can hold her, and she's super, super fast. So he was very impressed that she could keep pace with him and even outpace him. I wonder if the listeners who haven't read this book are trying to piece together what she is. Yeah. Right? Did you guys have any idea that you knew who she Because you're like a fantasy reader, so you might. I didn't know they were giving me clues. (laughs) I Did you read this book? I did. Believe me, I read this book, Yes. Is there a reason why you were like, why doesn't our guest <laughs> tell us what happened in it? I'll no, tell you I if did, you're right. <laughs> I did I did read this book. So he's hurt, so he can't shift. And they're surrounded by all these evil dudes. So she cuts her hand and puts her hand on his arrow wound. And that, her blood heals him. So it's another clue. Her blood has healing properties. So he... Shifts into a dragon. He straight up like, I felt. Am I? I. It's brutal. It's yeah. brutal. Yeah, like he. It almost is like goes beyond protecting yourself. It's he, like if somebody broke into if someone broke into your house or like a few people broke into your house and you dismembered them. Right. That would be like okay. You could have maybe killed them. But the fact that you tore them apart is like a little excessive. Like, you didn't excessive. need to hang their head from the fence. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, I felt that way, too. He was extremely brutal. He but tore people apart, and she was... He's an apex was, predator. He's an apex predator, but she was, like, she into got, it. Yeah, she got soggy yeah. from it. She it's was, also, I think it's hard to do a lot of precision. She has precision. soggy bottoms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> soggy bottom girl. One of the tropes. <laughs> she also... Yeah, I think it is hard to have a ton of precision, precision as a dragon, though. Because you're just so big. Right. So you'd just be ripping people apart without noticing. That's Maybe. true, I guess. <laughs> well, they also jumped her and, like, kicked her. They did. Well, that was the thing is that they kicked her and then he had to pretend he didn't care. And she kind of held that against him for a little while. Uh, because, I mean, they were falling in love and it was one of those things where it's like, you know, you go on a date with somebody and then you kind of want to play it cool. So when your date gets jumped and kicked by a bunch of <laughs> goblins, you want to just be like... Well, I guess that's happening. Right. If you, you know? jump in, then they know that you like them, and <laughs> yeah, then that's it's embarrassing. Like, well, I could save them from the goblins, but then they'll know that I kind of like them. Is it too soon <laughs> yeah, for me it? to say I like her? I wish this was like a third date, or we had gone to like another location, and they would have started kicking her. I don't know. And he had to, like, so that they wouldn't know that she was special. If they knew that he cared about her, they would have done, done a lot of worse things mm-hmm. and used her to get him to do bad things. So they got back. 
and everyone at the at uh, Dragos Tower. His name, okay, his name is Dragos Calubre, Salubre. I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but it's just like another word for dragon from another culture. So he was oh. dragon, dragon, the dragon. Basically. Because they also <laughs> refer to him as the dragon sometimes. He's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. He's a very Christian Grey type character. He has a tower. He has a tower with a landing pad for him to land on because he's a dragon. Can I tell you my favorite part of the building? Yes. So he owns this building. He does. And in the at, at the uh, like um, street level, there's a CVS and there's a few other things and there's a restaurant that's okay. <laughs> They mentioned several times how the food at the restaurant is fine. <laughs> and so they, when they go to this restaurant, they're even talking about it at the restaurant, like, oh, they have a pretty okay, like, uh, risotto, or risotto or whatever. It's like, oh, there's dragons and goblin stench and dream fucking in this. Make this a five-star restaurant, please. <laughs> Why would he not be like, let's put a good restaurant at the bottom of my Building. He's a billionaire. He should have Michelin stars up the wazoo down yes, there. Yes, absolutely. I like how you're like, there's a CVS, so why wouldn't there be a better <laughs> restaurant next door to the CVS? Well, it's true. I mean, it's not probably connected to the CVS. <laughs> it's not like right by the pharmacy. You walk in and it's like they're you giving you a menu. And then you go. <laughs> yeah, she, she throws some shade because whoever it is, it's like some sort of a shifter runs the restaurant and they're just like, it's not great. Also, they're in a locked room. Oh, I don't know. I think we're getting ahead of it. But it's like, yeah, that is very funny. <laughs> but I was like laughing because every time they <laughs> mention the restaurant, they say how like mediocre it is. Well, it's very realistic. It is. Not it every is. restaurant. A lot of times a fancy restaurant, the food's not great. Yeah. Well, if it was a Dwayne Reed next to it, it'd be nicer. <laughs> That's more New York. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She got back and he had had people go to her house and empty her house and brought all her stuff to his room so she walked in the closet and it's all her clothes and she goes in the bathroom it's all like it's her shampoo and her toothbrush and stuff and, and all the trash from her bathroom trash can <laughs> was in that trash can i liked it although she constantly talked about how shitty her clothes were so i was like we could get new clothes it's all her like ripped old navy sweatshirts from four years ago yeah, and, and like target like, capris i'm like we can we can leave those in brooklyn <laughs> yeah there is always this trope that happens in these books that always just really annoys me is you know because there's always some poor heroine and she ends up with this super super duper rich guy and he always is like let me buy you a new wardrobe and she's always like no i'm gonna do something altruistic instead which is like be altruistic it's great but also i'm like is it really that bad that you would want to like buy new clothes well she does so he he hires this very um flamboyant yes uh gentleman to come up and give her a makeover uh, and what was he? Was he a, a, an elf or what was he the was creature? A weird, he wasn't he a marmoset or something like that? Or Yeah, he was a shifter. I don't know. He was very flamboyant. Um, uh, so he, he comes up and he's like, we're going to make you over. And then she goes, no, at first. And then she's like, you know what? Here, take this credit card, this black card that he gave her. And was like, fill up all the food banks in New York. Like the state. That's somebody who is like a personal shopper. That's not yeah. their job. What is he going to buy? He's going to be like, like, okay, Armani bathrobes <laughs> for yeah. everyone in Rochester. Yeah. So they do it. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. they decide to be in a relationship. Kind of, yeah, they, they decide do to it be, a lot. She, yeah, they do it a lot. Um, for the first few times that they do it, um, she says things like, no, stop, I don't want to. And he still does it. And then she like goes along with it after the fact. Um, which I know that kind of, it's that very like, kind of 80s movie trope of like the guy grabs the girl and kisses her and she pushes him away and then like melts into the kiss. It's like kind of that aesthetic, I guess. But reading it for me as I'm, you know, also a licensed clinical social worker. (laughs) So when I read things like that, I'm just like, the consent feels problematic to me. It's not great. And for some reason, and normally I am pretty on the alert for that sort of a thing and like consent and obviously consent's important to me too. But for some reason with this, with him being a dragon, with it being fantasy, it didn't bug me as much as it has mm. in like previous books where I was sort of like, I don't know. It also never felt like she wasn't in control of what was happening because I, she did say no a few times and he backed off. And you were thoroughly doped up. I was on a lot of well. morphine. High so. as a kite. <laughs> and you just kept <laughs> pressing that button more, more, more. I didn't have a drip. I had to wait for somebody to come give it to me. Oh. Yeah. Come on, Vegas. Get Zero together. stars on Yelp. <laughs> I can't believe Vegas doesn't have a drip. I can't believe I couldn't just go in there and be like, put me on a morphine drip. I lost a lot at craps. <laughs> Here's some chips. Give me a drip. Pia, after raw-dogging it with Dragos... Constantly mm-hmm. throws up, and then, as we all know, in any media, when a woman throws up, it means one thing: prego. <laughs> so she not like from eating at that mediocre restaurant. No, not prego, <laughs> which is what they serve at that restaurant, <laughs> but prego. So she takes a couple of the, her guards, and she hauls ass to Brooklyn to her, or to wherever, I think it was in Brooklyn, but mm-hmm. to downtown where she is going to the Weir Health Center to see her doctor. This was a great scene. This, You know what? I really, I did like this scene a lot. I also, because she had a, a, a human IUD, and she, you know, she knew that with Weir, they can uh, shut that whole thing down <laughs> and prevent themselves from getting pregnant or they can. And so she thinks Dragos forced a pregnancy on her because she has an IUD, um, which I also appreciate that she was not a virgin and she had an IUD. Um, so she very reasonably, if you're pregnant and you have an IUD, you want to get it out as soon as possible because it can endanger the pregnancy. So she runs down to the doctor, gets the IUD taken out, Magically. Magically. I assume because we don't see that scene happen. She goes in and says, I need to see a doctor. And then the doctor's like, you're pregnant. I'm glad you came. And then she leaves. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think we just have to kind of assume that in that period of time that she had the IUD Well, no, out. I think they do say in it that she uses it. Did she that, use that, magic that, to take it out? Yeah, she used magic to take it out. Well, you gotta. Yeah. If you got, if you got the magic to do it. Honestly, if you have the option of having it taken out magically instead of yanked out by that little plastic string, I recommend magic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. PSA. On her way out, she gets darted with poison and taken by the Dark Fae King. She's back in a different fortress, in a different other land pocket. But before this happened, I gotta go back, because she does transform. Dragos takes her to a pocket other land and he helps her 
to transform so we know what her weird, like what her true self is. So she tells him her true name, which is the most intimate thing. And the, I like that it is portrayed really effectively that even after they have raw dog boned it up, up and down Fifth Avenue, <laughs> but um, when she tells him her true name, that is the most intimate. That is like truly giving her him access to her. But so when he helps her to transform, he takes away all of the spells that her mother had put on her to protect her, and we find out that she is a unicorn. Of course she's a unicorn. I read that. I was like, oh, die. The doink. Of course she's a unicorn. Yeah. I didn't um, see it coming at all. I think I didn't know anything about unicorns. So when she is with the when she gets kidnapped by the Dark Fae King and she's being held there, she knows how important it is to not tell him what she is. So she's trying her best to kind of skirt the truth enough without lying, because he'll be able to tell. She is in the she's locked away in a room and she, because she can get out of locks. I like that she's very proactive where she's like, I can stay and take my chances, but it's just as, you know, it's the same amount of risk staying as it is to leave. So she breaks out. She takes <laughs> a crossbow and smokes so many guards. <laughs> yeah, she kills she, three or four people. She kills four guards. And she's like, I didn't feel a thing. She even, she's like, good. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I guess I like murder. Well, she she was like, I now I understand the killer instinct that Dragos has. And she yeah, now that we've both and killed, she was we stacking can bodies. She, she was, was stacking, stacking them up. Bodies. She was like pulling them over and stacking them up. <laughs> yeah, she was like may she was like making a show of it. <laughs> like I'm going to put them in a pile. <laughs> <laughs> Dragos finds her cuz she describes the clearing that she's in. She's she um, sprains her ankle, so she can't run anymore. But then Dragos comes in and just like tears everybody into tiny pieces, and then and then she's saved. And then they go back to the tower, and she's like, "I'm prego," and he's like, "Cool." The proposal at the end of the because they do get engaged at the end, mm-hmm. and the proposal at the end is he's she he's like, "I'm glad it's settled." Yeah, and she says. That we're mates? And he's like, yeah, and we're getting married. He's like, oh, is that your proposal? And he leans over, pulls out a, a just the ring, not even in a box, and just drops it on her and says, there. Yeah. <laughs> it's very romantic. So what did we think of the book? Did you, I liked did it. Did you like it? Yes. For not being a fantasy reader, I really, really enjoyed this book. I don't know that I would continue on to book two, but I thought that this was a lot of fun. This is just a very, very well done shifter book where I get how his shifter personality was brought into his human personality. What What did you think? I liked it. I I felt a lot like revisiting the fantasy novels that I've read in the past. Mm-hmm. The I bumped up against the dubious consent of it. Um, but that was really the only thing that took me out of it. I really enjoyed the world that she created and I thought it was, you know, a fun read. What did you think, Clayton? Um, well, I'm not a fantasy person. Right. As I, I, I think I stated, I don't know if I stated it in this episode, but I did state it. Um, you no, know, it was like 20 minutes ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we remember. Um, I, yeah, I'm not a fantasy fan. So a lot of those, the world building, I, that's the thing I was not really interested in. Um, as people know from listening to this podcast, I'm not a fan of giving pussy to the man. And she gave pussy to the man because he is a billionaire. And I don't find billionaires to be attractive. 
and that's not my trope that I like. So I've really realized that after reading another billionaire that it just does nothing for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, it's going to be very hard for somebody to recommend a book with a billionaire in it that will make me like that billionaire, right? Even though he was a dragon, it still didn't do anything for me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was a good book. Like I, it was well-written and there was like tense and fun parts and the sex was really good, but I don't know if it's like something that I would seek out again. Fair enough. Yeah. But what were you going to say? <laughs> I like that you, you interrupt to say, please go ahead. <laughs> But this is a, this is a recurring theme here as well as the <laughs> mansplaining and interrupting, but we're working on it as hard as we can. Now, earlier when you said the crux of this book, do you know what that meant <laughs> when you said what, it? What you actually meant was yeah. this. Yeah. The central. Okay. Oh, explain what the define crux. Can you even? I can't. But that's the thing about mansplaining. You don't have to actually know anything oh, to yeah, do it. It's better if you don't. It's better if you don't. Yeah, absolutely. Mansplaining. It's better if you don't. Yeah. Can you explain mansplaining to me? Well, it's when. Um, so what were you going to say? It's so hard to say anything after all that. Normally... With pregnancies and books, I don't love them. I didn't necessarily love the placement of this one either, which is sort of like they'd been fucking for five days and she got pregnant. And I was, I don't know. It's like let them have a, a honeymoon period of maybe over a week, maybe a fortnight. But Also, it takes about two weeks for you to even like know that you're pregnant. But you not magic usually. babies. Not Magic like babies because the baby babies. was like talking to her in her dreams the moment that and he was the a dragon. Sperm went into the egg. It yeah. was like yeah. a fire. It was a little or something. white dragon. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a little spark or something in her tummy, right? Yeah, which she was, was cute. And all of the imagery around the pregnancy, I really liked, and I thought it was really sweet. So there's that. So would we? You you have been raring for this one. Would you fuck them? Yes, both. You would fuck both. I love a tall woman. Okay. So I'm in. 140 pound tall woman. Yeah, <laughs> that's the perfect ratio no, for you. No, that's not. No, but yeah, whatever. Uh, and then drag goes, yeah, would I fuck an eight-foot dragon? Yeah, I would. Okay. He did have a very large penis. They did talk about his large penis. Yeah, it's magic. I'm okay. into it. Aaron Roshan, would you fuck them? Oh, what if it was like all three of us? Like me and Dragos and Pia? I'd well, no, be uh, down separately. individually. But when you say, "Would you fuck them?" It's just like, "Oh, well, that's an interesting." <laughs> well, thought. yeah, it's any configuration you want. You're the guest. I would feel. I would <laughs> we, feel uh, we so don't tiny. assume menages every time, but that's cool that you did. <laughs> just the phrasing of it. I would. I think I would. I. But you know what? I would drag us at the end of the book. I wouldn't drag us at the beginning of the book. I think by the end he had learned. He had like softened up a little bit personality wise enough to be a little bit more sensitive to the other person's experience. I. Oh, what are you going to say? What what are you going to lie to me now? I'm not going to lie. No, you lie to yourself. I'm so perfectly honest on this podcast. Um, I feel like as a virgin or a previous virgin that when I started reading these books, I was very, very um, giving with myself 
and wanting to have sex with a lot of characters because of that initial rush of the newness of everything where I had been a virgin before and I wanted to experience everything so quickly. It was your awakening. Yes. So my romance book awakening has happened, but I do think that I'm in a new phase where I'm not throwing it around as much because when I read this, I felt, well, Drago's I'm not going to have sex with because he's a billionaire, number one. No pussy for the man. No billionaires, no vampires. That's what it says right above. Yeah, 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 my tattoo. Um, yeah, no billionaires, so no, no pussy for the man. Um, so it's not. I mean, I would be giving him dick. So whatever would <laughs> rhyme with dick. No dick for the. What would that be? Well, pussy and man don't rhyme. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, you're right. So be like, no cock for the CEO. Something that's like, what would it be? I don't know. But he ain't getting this doink, is what I'm saying. <laughs> no doink for the man. <laughs> no doink for the man. Perfect. Thank you. Rhymes. I'm glad we uh, landed on that. We found the perfect phrase. <laughs> Did I tell you guys I hit my head on the way over here? <laughs> oh. Now, Pia, she didn't really do anything for me. I, I, there was a, uh, a level of sketchiness to her. I, I didn't, her choice of previous boyfriend was a little, um, uh, troubling to me. I, she did, she did get in a relationship with Dragos who the, the consent was very, uh, ambiguous. I just don't think she knows who she is. And I don't think this is a healthy relationship for her, her. So I don't necessarily think that's somebody I'd want to get involved with. So I would say no, I would not fuck either of them. Mm. Wow. What about the manic fairy queen? No, she Trix. seemed. You would be into her. Trix, you would be down for. Trix She's is the my next book. Trix is my type. Mm-hmm. But you know that type has not done well for me. So I'm learning lessons as well. <laughs> you gotta break the cycle. I gotta break the cycle. You gotta break the break the tricks. <laughs> yeah, and that's not to say anything about the book in general. It's just I think. For myself, I'm making this conscious decision to be less, oh, like just throwing the doink everywhere. Yeah. It's got to be special for me now. Okay. Are you ready for Goodreads list? Oh, we love the Goodreads list. All my right. favorite part. Um, there are 13 pages of lists for this. Wow. So, so that, this is a popular book. This is a very popular book. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I picked out my faves. So... Best Dragon Shapeshifter Romance Novels. Sure, absolutely. Yes. That's yeah, a fact. Uh, controlling Sexy Possessive Men. Well, I'd say yes to the first two. <laughs> Not sexy? Oh, yeah, well, because I think that the, I mean, I guess he's sexy, but the controlling and possessiveness, I think, far, was. there's far more of that for him. Also, dragons yeah. are magical creatures who are by definition, Hoarders. possessive, and they have their horde, and that is the most important thing to them. So she was part of his horde, or as one of the Griffins said, she replaced his horde. He no longer cared as much about his horde. She was his treasure. Mm-hmm. Like that Bruno Mars song. He's Bruno Mars. Uh, He's two Bruno Marses stacked on top of each other. <laughs> now, give me some of that. <laughs> that gets the doink. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bruno gets a doink. Oh, Bruno gets a doink. Come on. <laughs> um, paranormal pregnancy PNR romance. Now PNR. Oh oh um, <laughs> what, paranormal. Oh paranormal romance PNR. Yeah yeah. Urban fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's a paranormal pregnancy. She's pregnant with a baby dragon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fictional males that make you squirm in a good way, smiley face. <laughs> no, I don't remember physically squirming. I don't, I don't think I squirmed, but I did smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I was squirming. This wasn't a one-hander, <laughs> but, like, I would liked it. Um, so have you read a romance book where you were squirming? Yeah, definitely. You- Derek Craven in the Garden, when he's, like, got a hand down the bodice, that's a squirmer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a squirming moment. Uh-huh. I didn't really have that as much with this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was no parts that were squirming. Yeah, not for me. So no, none of us squirmed. None of us squirmed. Erotica and romances men, vamps, and alien males with endowed and unique penises. What was his unique penis? Other than it was was a scaly. He had no because it wasn't. It was just a normal deal. Um, They talk about his tail, and he made like some you know allusion to his tail being bigger than anyone else's tail, but his penis was. just a big dick. Just a big dick. Big old dick. So take it off the list. Not yeah, a unique penis. All-time dominant alpha romance heroes. He's very dominant. I would agree. He's an alpha hole. Mm. So I think he is an, I mean, technically he's an alpha. I don't think he's an all-time. Uh, I like my, I like my alphas to, to, to be less controlling at the end. He is less controlling, but not enough. The you change can, hasn't happened enough for me. You can be an alpha and be confident in that without having to prove it all the time. Yeah. So well, and no, and I think that change is really important. I think somebody could be sort of an asshole at the beginning. You want them to be you wanted to see them really on their knees at the end. And I don't know that we saw him on his knees at the end. We didn't he, see No, him. we didn't. Because when he proposed, he just dropped a ring on her chest and said, mm-hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. Was, it wasn't the moment we want. I'm surprised he wasn't like, they, the author wasn't like, he was scratching his ass. <laughs> I think it was and implied. then he scratched his ass. Yeah, what an odd choice. <laughs> I, he yeah. scratched his belly. <laughs> Give me a beer. <laughs> there, it's done. Uh, kick-ass female heroines in paranormal genre. She did kick ass. I mean, she murdered some That's people. Like, yeah. Stacked people up. <laughs> she was stacking bodies, so I'd say yeah. And she didn't need to be saved, really, other than she, like, sprained her ankle. Stalkerific romance novel heroes. I don't think he stalked her. He tracked her. Oh, I guess he that's He did track her, and he had telepathic hold on her. And then when she was like, can I have one afternoon to myself? And he was like, yeah. And then when she left, he was like, no, follow her, you know? Oh, yeah, because right, well, was yeah. like, you're really going to give her the, the, the day? And he was like, fuck no. <laughs> of course not, you idiot. Uh, so I do think that it's not necessarily stalking, though, because he was tracking her at first because she stole from him. And then when he was tracking her later, it was ostensibly for because her he safety. Owned her. Yeah, <laughs> and she was his property. Mm-hmm. So I think stalking is different. It's still not healthy. This wasn't a healthy relationship, but I don't know if it was stalking. I'll tell you I, what, I don't love the term stalkerific as though it's like a real cute thing. What about a stalkapalooza? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sweetest alpha heroes. Not sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't no, think he was very sweet. sweet. No. He, no. He had a hard edge. Yeah. I Take get it. why she was attracted to him, but he was not sweet. Take it off the list. <laughs> Take it off the list. Oh, books with the hottest sex. It, the sex was good, definitely, but I don't think it's, I mean, it's not the best that we've read. We've had hotter. We've had hotter, yes. I think, I mean, I think that the sex was good, but I have read so many books in a 
pretty short period of time, just like reading along with the podcast that I feel like I've had some ups and downs and I feel like I've, I've, I wouldn't say it was among the hottest, even if they were good. This last one I like, sometimes there are just lists that I can just imagine the person when they created this list. And this list was definitely created after a conversation where the person was very fired up about it. (laughs) Um, And I just loved it so much and I found it so hilarious. And it is monogamy's DNA. Monogamy is genetic and impossible to avoid in romance novels. Yep. So there, Darren. (laughs) So that's what I said to my husband when he wanted to open up our marriage. (laughs) Um, So tropes. You guys did your tropes. Oh, guess first. I did my homework. I had a lot of fun actually writing down the tropes as I was reading. Um, Okay. The tropes I have. Enemies to friends. Shapeshifter. Law-breaking heroine. Poor heroine-rich hero. Billionaire hero. Royalty, he refers to his court, um, faded mates, heroin has unique smell. <laughs> That's something that has come up in a bunch of these books is the guy smell it, having this really specific smell associated with the heroin. Um, dubious consent, bondage BDSM, surprise pregnancy, terrible marriage proposal. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That that is the worst proposal we've had so far oh, that by, was by a mile. Uh, well, it's ha- like that's normally a proposal that you get halfway through the book, and then he would spend the rest of the book like making up for that shit proposal. But instead, this was like the end, and she was like, "Oh, Dragos." <laughs> She's like, "Wah wah." So my tropes: dragon shifter, billionaire hero, corporate intrigue. In quotes, because they talked a lot about intrigue because he talked about all these business dealings around the country. Um, And I was like, oh, come on. He's trying to uh, screw the dark fake king out of his business deals. Yeah. He was like, close that account right now. I was like, talking about closing accounts. (laughs) Dragons and goblins in this book. (laughs) Um, Giving pussy to the man. It's a new trope. You I'm going to make you a shirt called no pussy for the man. That's your merch. Yeah, that's all, all of our merch. <laughs> no doink for the man. <laughs> Dragon fuck, dream fuck. Healing blood. She had healing blood. Fantasy romance. Thieving heroine. I had something very similar. Hoarder. She's a hoarder. Goblin genocide. <laughs> that was in Genesis. Oh, yeah, he actually he did. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> went back and he wiped them all yeah, out. Yeah, he did. Um, alcohol. Uh, dubious consent. Hair jewelry. And uh, uh, oh, New York. Yeah. Yeah. I, every time you say that, I think like he put beads in his hair, but no, it's that he <laughs> no, wears. Really like he came back from Jamaica and had yeah, like, like, like Monica on that Friends episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, uh, I guess and restaurant critic, <laughs> or mediocre well, restaurant, the, restaurant the, criticism. Zag it for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's a restaurant downstairs that's thoroughly mediocre. <laughs> the weird cat who runs this three star restaurant. <laughs> It's so funny. I want the second book to be about them keeping that above water, like that restaurant. Like the health inspector comes and they're like, there are rats everywhere. And it's like, they're the cooks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What were your tropes, Aaron? Age difference. Mm -hmm. Good one. Because he's a billion. Yeah, he's from the beginning of time and she's like 25. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Heroin in peril, paranormal, surprise pregnancy, shifter, billionaire hero, shifter hero. Aaron. Yes. Guest Aaron. Yes. Would you read more romance? Having read Derek Craven, I'm interested in reading a St. Vincent book. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm interested in like learning more about the genre now because I've, I've read such good primers. So, yeah. So you're DTS. You're down to squirm. <laughs> I'm always down to squirm. <laughs> well, something that you can talk about or not talk about if it's too personal, but I did find it really funny is right after our Dreaming of You episode did come out, we had, we went to a Christmas party for your other podcast, How to Watch Movies the Right Way. And I walked in and your husband, Mal, went, Derek Craven. And that's how he greeted me. <laughs> He's like, I... now I got to compete with Derek Craven? <laughs> so what was the experience? Like, did you guys read it together? Because he clearly loved Derek Craven almost to a Clayton level. So, but like, <laughs> what was that like? As I read these books, uh, I will very often be um, summing them up as I go to Mel. And he'll kind of come in from a long day of work and he'll sit down and he'll take his shoes off and I'll be like, so fury escape. And I'll be like (laughs) catching him up on everything that's happened since the last time. Um, something else that I do a lot when I'm reading a book is I'm usually reading it on my phone or my iPad. And so I will, take screenshots of sex scenes and just send them to him at random points throughout the day. <laughs> especially if the, if it's especially graphic, like, um, I think it was this one in dragon bound. There was something where it's like he had been pumping her full of power and semen. <laughs> and I just like, just did a screenshot of just that <laughs> sentence and sent it to him. <laughs> Just to give him a sense of like what I'm up to, you yeah. Know? That's so nice. so. While he's at work, <laughs> I try not to do it when he's at work. Yeah, um, just because I don't want to completely throw off his day. Yeah, that's true. Um, but just you know, he if does I work on an oil rig. If, I don't want him to like fall into the sea. <laughs> Have you been swooning about anything this week? We told you to prepare a swoon. I did prepare a swoon. Um, so something that I'm swooning about. For the last couple of weeks, and I'm still into it, I can't believe I'm not burned out on it yet, is uh, Demi Lovato's album, Tell Me You Love Me. (laughs) In a million years with a million guesses. (laughs) Here's why I love it. It is so, the word I would use to describe it is sultry. There, the songs that are on this album, she has the one the radio hit, Tell Me You Love Me, which is just very, like, it's a diva song. It's very powerful. It's very sexy. It's very, like, it's a belter song. But then throughout the album, that vibe is there. I feel like these songs should be sung wearing, like, a satin dress into one of those, like, big old-fashioned silver microphones <laughs> with the slits in it. That there, that vibe is on the whole album. And so it just makes me feel really sexy walking down the street blasting that album. I listen to it a lot when I'm, like, cooking dinner or something. And it just has me dancing around my kitchen. So, That's just what I've been listening to nonstop. And my husband loves it because I am constantly singing it in his face. (laughs) So when you're not reading sex scenes, you're screaming Demi Lovato in his face while he's chopping up like squash. (laughs) She's a fighter, guys. (laughs) She's a bad motherfucker. She's a survivor. Yeah, she's cool. What about you, Clayton? So, um... Mine is an album as well, and it's an album by 
partly by an artist that I've already mentioned on this show before, Phoebe Bridgers, Mm. um, who was in Boy Genius. Now she has another album with another songwriter, Connor Oberst from Bright Bright Eyes. I love him. Um, They released this uh, album called Better Oblivion Community Center, which is also the name of the band, and it was a surprise release. So they hinted it a little bit. This is a couple weeks ago. They hinted at it a little bit, and then it just straight up dropped one day, and I was so excited. Looking out on the river I love this album. Get on Spotify. I purchased it because I buy albums, you guys, like an old man. Uh, but it's just the only way a lot of people can make money anymore if you're making music. Is state streaming does not give you a lot of money. So if you buy something or even if you stream it, go to their show. That's a way to really, if you really want to put some money in an artist's pocket, go see their show. Or just buy a ticket and stay home. I've done that. You have? Yeah, I'll buy a ticket to a concert and just stay home. You can oh. get the money either way. You're the, the life that you paint. <laughs> is can you call it a life? <laughs> is it any kind of life? You just stay home, read Dragon Bound. Yeah. I can't wait until my life is way better than this <laughs> And I'm still doing this podcast and everybody's like, remember... When Clayton was, like, buying concert tickets and not going. <laughs> I mean, it is a sweet thought, though, that you want them to have money, and I think that that's great. Host Aaron, what are you swooning about? I, I didn't prepare anything. That's okay. Because I've been in the hospital for four days. Are you swooning? Uh, I'm swooning for- about that morphine. <laughs> I'm swooning about nurses. I do have to say, the nurses that I had were really great. I got to go through uh, eight shifts, so I met a lot of people. <laughs> Everyone was very sweet, so nurses are great. Maybe that's my swoon. All right, so everybody, um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We always say it, but we mean it because we want other people to find us. Also, tell people about us if you think that there's somebody who might uh, enjoy this podcast. We always love uh, when you guys spread the word. Yeah, if you host a podcast with other hosts... Talk to your co-hosts about this podcast so they'll listen. That's how we got Erin. Yeah. And then she came on the show. Yeah. It was great. Everybody's got a podcast and everybody's got a co-host. So just tell them. Yeah. So email us. Email us if you have any suggestions. And want to say hi. If you're living in a country. If you're in Wyoming. Oh, please. Montana. Knock on some doors. Just yeah. it's one state away. And then on uh, Twitter, we're at Learning Tropes. Instagram, we're at Learning the Tropes. Yeah. So Erin, where can people find you? People can find me on my dog's Instagram account <laughs> at the Bitey Thor, T H E B I T E Y T H O R. He's very cute little terrier mix with a very very long tongue. Uh, also, I am on Instagram for my own uh, at Aaron Rose Chan, so you can find me there as well. And now that is it for real. Well, thanks, Aaron. We're so glad that you came here <laughs> and did this. And you're no longer a Learning the Tropes virgin. We're so glad that we could pick your cherry. Thank you guys so much. And then next week, we're reading Forbidden by Beverly Jenkins. It's our first uh, 
Western. So if you haven't read Forbidden yet by Beverly Jenkins, go out, grab it, read it. You'll love it. And then we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.